0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So if you want to grab your Bible, if you don't have it handy, you're at home so you can go and grab it. Um, And so Psalm 37, smack in the middle of the Bible. Uh, All right, while you're getting there, I want to ask you a question. Here's a question for you. Have you ever been delighted by something? Have you ever been delighted by something? It's not necessarily a word that we hear a lot, that word delight. It means uh, great joy. It means maybe the greatest joy, the greatest pleasure. One thing I read was that delight is the fullest form of joy. It's the fullest form of joy. So what delights you? Think about that. I'm going to share a couple things that came to my mind. The first one was maybe weird, but motorcycles came to my mind. Like not driving them. I tried that. It didn't work very well. But riding on the back, riding on the back of a motorcycle where you have like no responsibility at all, and you can just watch, and you can just soak it in I think that's delightful. Uh, I remember the very first time I ever, well, I think it was the very first time I ever rode a motorcycle. I was 18 or 19 and I went to International Falls, Minnesota, and I was visiting a friend and his dad took me on a ride. And his dad, it was something like the picture that's gonna come up, it was hilly and it was beautiful. That's not it, but it's something like that. And man, we went fast. And Ron, my friend's dad, he gave me the option of, riding, of wearing a helmet. So don't get all judgy on me right now. But I was 18 years old. What do you think I'm going to say? Right? I said no helmet. And so the wind going through my hair, man, it was delightful. I remember it to this day. The other thing that I thought of, I think apparently delight and going fast have something I don't know. It's something for me, but riding a roller coaster brings me delight. It was it was one of the first things that came to my mind, in part because my mom really liked roller coasters, and I get to talk about my mom today because it's Mother's Day, and uh, roller coasters would put this giant grin on her face so clearly not my mom right there, but that's kind of what her face looked like. Now, funny, my brother just texted me. He watched the last service, and he thinks I made this story up. I'm telling you, I did not make this story up. I remember it. We went to King's Island, and we rode a roller coaster called Twin Racer. We rode it five times in a row, and I'm telling you, we did not ride that because we wanted to ride it so many times in a row. I think it was because my mom liked it. My mom, she would get great delight in riding a roller coaster, So have you thought of something yet, something that delights you? One thing, write it in the comments. A couple other things just to stir your brain a little bit. Upgrade on an airplane. That's delightful, right? It's only happened to me one time, but when it happened, I liked it. The other thing, and a more recent thing, maybe some of you will understand this. A delightful thing for me happened a couple weeks ago, a week ago or so, when after a month of being closed, the Starbucks drive-thru opened. My first non-fat caramel macchiato after a month of being closed was a delightful experience. What about you? What brings you your greatest enjoyment? You got something in mind? It brings me to our talk today because we're going to talk about delight. Specifically, we're going to talk about delighting in the Lord. And if delight is... The fullest form of joy, delighting in the Lord, is finding our greatest enjoyment in God. That word delight, it shows up uh, over a hundred times in the Bible. And so a couple examples are going to come up. The first one is from the book of Psalms. Psalms 1, it says, Blessed is the one whose delight, whose joy, is in the law of the Lord. And then in Nehemiah, this is Nehemiah's prayer. He says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight, who get great enjoyment out of revering your name. And then finally, 1 Corinthians, it says, Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices. It delights with the truth. And then one more, which is the one we're going to talk about today. It comes from Psalm 37, and it says, uh, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Maybe that's a verse that is familiar to you. It's one that I've thought about often. So let's dive into that. You can grab your Bible. We're going to start in verse 1 in Psalm 37. It says, Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they'll soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Our Mother's Day message today is called simply delighting in God. And the big idea for today is how we can figure out how to find great joy, maybe the greatest joy, in our relationship with God. So let me ask, how are we doing at that? How are you doing at finding joy in your relationship with God? Because you know what? It should be in there. There should be joy in your relationship with God. For example, would it not be awesome if when we sat down to do our Bible time, we had a smile on our our face because we're going to meet with God? Or I think it would be fantastic if when we were praying, we approached God in prayer the same way we would approach having a conversation with our closest friend and the joy that we have in that. I think those would be great things. And if our relationship with God could be the greatest pleasure in our life, what difference do you think that it would make in the way that we live and in the way that we think? I think it would make a difference. So let me pray, and we're going to talk about two ways we can find more joy, more delight in God. So pray with me. Father God, Yeah, I just, you want us to have joy, delight in you. You want us to delight in you. So I pray, Father God, that today we would find a little bit of that. You know, if our joy was at a two, maybe it can be at a five after this. Or if our joy is at a four, maybe it can be an eight. Jesus, we just want more joy. We want more joy. So I pray, Father God, that you would give me the words to say, that they would be your words, because those are the only ones worth listening to. It's in your name we pray, amen. Okay, so I don't know if you're writing things down. The notes are, uh, the link to the notes. I always forget how to say that. The link to the notes are in uh, whatever place you're watching, YouTube or Facebook, so you can take a look at those or just write a couple things down or just remember this. Uh, We will find more delight in the Lord if we check our heart. If we check our hearts, we're going to talk about the stuff that's going on on the inside of us, not the outside stuff that we think is going to bring us joy. So Psalm 37, Psalm 37 is one of those psalms where the wicked are being compared to the righteous. And sometimes it feels like the wicked are doing better, that their lives are going better. And I think David in this psalm wants to remind the people that he's writing to, the people of God, that God is going to win. And that the wicked are not. They're not going to win. And so the psalm starts out this way in Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong, for like the grass they'll soon wither, and like green plants they'll soon die away. And then in verse 7, he goes on to say, don't worry about evil people who prosper. So he's telling the people, the righteous people of God, that they shouldn't fret. I like that word. They shouldn't fret. They shouldn't worry. They shouldn't be bothered by the fact that it seems like the people who are evil are winning, that they're getting all the good stuff. And I have to say, I kind of get it. I kind of get that because I think, and I might be the only one. I don't think I'm the only one, but I think when I feel like people who are bad are getting better blessings than me, it kind of annoys me. I don't know about you, but if you're honest, it's probably true. Uh, I remember working with a guy. We'll we'll call him Joe. This was a long time ago. Working with him, and I have to tell you, he was not making very good decisions. In fact, they were bad decisions. Uh, He was lying frequently, He was using company money for personal things. And then, this is a pretty bad decision, he was having an affair with a married woman. Bad decisions, right? And so, uh, but here's the thing. His business was booming. Like, he was doing really well. And I remember at the time just asking God, why? Why? (laughs) I just didn't get it. Like, why is... Are things going really well for him and he is not following you? And things are not going nearly as well for me. And I am doing my best to follow you. Do you get that? Can you relate to that? We see it in scripture too. Even if you can't relate to it, people in scripture can relate to it. And that somehow that makes me feel better. Jeremiah says this. Jeremiah was a prophet. He says, Lord... You always give me justice when I bring a case before you. So let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? And I get that question. It doesn't seem like evil people should be so happy. And then Job, the book of Job. Now, Job was a godly man, and life was just not going very well for him. Things were falling apart, and Job, at one point, expresses his frustration to God. This is in Job 21. And I kind of imagine Job, when he's, doing, when, he's reading, when he's saying this to God, he's got his hands on his hips and he's all ticked off. And so he says, Why do the wicked prosper growing old and powerful? They live to see their children grow up and settle down. They enjoy their grandchildren. One of the things Job lost was his children. Their homes are safe from every fear, and God doesn't punish them. This is my favorite part. Their bulls never fail to breed. Come on. Their cows bear calves, and yet they say to God, go away. We want no part of you and your ways. Job has got a long list of complaints right there. But what I want us to see Job, in that list that we just read, Job is looking at all the outside stuff. He's looking at houses, and he's looking at kids, and he's looking at cows. They're outside things, and it seems like the wicked are doing better. But all of that to say, if we go back to Psalm 37, I think that might be how the people David was writing to was feeling. Like the wicked get all the stuff. They get all the stuff that they want. They succeed despite the fact that they're not following God. But here is the good part. This is the good part. David knows that's not how it's going to end That's not how it's going to end because he knows that our desires, the desires of our heart, do not get met by external things, by getting stuff, by succeeding materially or financially or even relationally, because those are external things. It matters what happens in our heart. So what David says, instead of worrying, he says, do this instead. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. So trust and do good and delight. Those are inside things. Those are the things that are going to lead to getting the desires of our heart. And they have to happen inside of us. You know, just to get personal about this for a second, I think for. Throughout my life, kind of following Jesus, I felt like, okay, if I had the perfect five-year plan or the perfect 10-year plan, that I was, it was going to lead to my getting the desires of my heart. And that's not what happened. And then I thought, okay, well, if I just find the perfect guy to marry, or I have a family and I have kids, then, you know, my heart's going to be filled. And those things didn't happen. And then I thought, Probably sometimes I still think, okay, if the skinny jeans just look good on me, that didn't happen. Or like if I just found the, my true calling in my life, that that was going to make the difference. But it's not about those external things. Chasing after those things didn't work because when I didn't get them, I was sad and when I did get them, I still had gaps. I still had gaps. Because all those things are temporary. Because relationships fail. And jobs don't always last. And finances aren't always stable. And people, people die. And stupid COVID-19 happens. Those things didn't work. They're temporary. But you know what's not? Jesus is not. Jesus doesn't change. Jesus is firm. And putting our joy, delighting in him, is what leads to contentment and what leads to peace and what leads to us getting the desires of our heart. He's enough, right? Let me give you an example. There's an example in scripture that I think is super helpful. I don't have a lot of time to go into detail in both of these, but I'm gonna compare two men in the Bible and I think it's helpful to look at them. The first one is Solomon and Solomon uh, was the son of David. He was given the gift of wisdom and so he was super smart and he was super successful. He lived in palaces He had hundreds of wives. Pretty much everything he did worked out. And this is what Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, When I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, which was a lot, everything was meaningless. That's where Solomon ended up. Everything was meaningless. And then we have the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, he didn't have a steady home. He didn't have a spouse. My guess is that the Apostle Paul did not have a bank account. And yet, Paul found joy and contentment in God. He wrote in the book of Philippians, he's writing from a prison cell, and this is what he says. Paul says, I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Paul figured it out. And we, it is my heart's desire that we figure it out. That we work out what delighting in the Lord really means. I'm going to tell you what I think it means. Here it is. Getting the desires of our heart Has little, little to do with external things, stuff and relationships and security and finances. Getting the desires of our heart has everything to do with our relationship with God. It's got everything to do with our relationship with God. Please, please hear this. Our desires and our joy get met by him. By him, by his faithfulness, by his goodness in our lives, by our relationship with him. Those heart things, our love for him, our, faith, our, our trust in him, our faith in him, those are the things that help us find joy and keep it. So that's the first point. We'll find more delight in the Lord if we check our heart. And the second thing is this, the second thought. We'll find more delight in the Lord if we do things with him. That sounds so deep, I know. Uh, It's kind of basic, but... Um, I'm telling you, let me me give you a couple examples of doing things with him that we find more delight. The first is uh, there's a a family in our church, Phil and Lauren Blasco. They're members of the church. They're friends of mine. There's a picture of their little family. Right at the start of all of this stay-at-home stuff, um, Phil and Lauren had a baby, Lydia, and so You know, the quarantine thing, they were pretty well quarantined. I don't know that they went anywhere for four weeks or five weeks at all. They just stayed home. And because I'm their friend, and I also get to see all the things that they do on social media, they have been enjoying, my impression, they have been enjoying one another's company. They do fun school things and experiments. I think they built this playground thing in their backyard. And they've been doing some of this. Watch this video. I love that. Do you want to see another one? I think you do. Let's watch the one more. This be is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's so Here we go. It's tricky. To rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. OK, we're going to watch that one more time. And I really want you to pay attention to Elliot, who's in the middle. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital. That's uh, right on around That's right on tricky. Every time it makes me laugh every single time I see it, here's the thing. you know, they do things together, they've spent all of this time together, and they are enjoying one another's company. And my guess is part of that joy comes from being together so much. One other example, just a personal example. I, a couple years ago, I went to Washington, D.C. with some friends of mine, and we, were, we rented a house, and we just hung out in the town. We rented scooters. We look pretty awesome, don't we? We're, we're pretty bad right there. We drove them all around the National Mall five days in a row, 24 hours a day. I have to tell you, I liked these friends when I went. I liked them even more when we came back. I liked him even, even more because of all of the time we spent together. Part of delight is finding, out, finding great pleasure in or with another person. Like we want to hang out with them. We want to be together. And then when they're missing, when we, we don't get to see them, we miss them. That's what God wants with us. It's what he wants with us because, did you know, God can be even better company than our best friend. Are you wondering why? Why God can be better company? Well, let me just tell you a couple things. He never lies to us. He's wise. God listens really well. He listens really well. Let me, uh, he's full of grace even when we screw stuff up, right? Right? He forgives us. Uh, He's got the power to actually help us. He always has time for us. And He won't leave us or forsake us, even when we do something stupid. He makes it easy for us. Here's the thing about God those who want God have Him. Did you hear that part? Those who want God have him. This is what he says in Scripture. In Jeremiah 29, he says, You'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And then in the book of Proverbs, he says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. He promises that we're going to find him when we seek him out. He's waiting. He's just waiting to hang out with us. Wouldn't it be great if we figured out that we liked God more because we spent so much time with him? So, I'm going to give you a few tips on how to get there. And those tips, those tips are in Psalm 37 too. And so, as we read this, maybe write these things down. Maybe just take a pen and circle a few words in there. All right, Psalm 37, 4 through 8. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord trust in him be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes refrain from anger and turn from wrath so I'm going to give you some tips to hanging out with God These are Kathy's tips to hanging out with God. Actually, they're not Kathy's. They're David's. They're the Bible tips to hanging out with God. The first one is commit to him. Commit to him. It says commit your way to the Lord in verse 5. Did you know that a committed relationship is a long-term relationship? And it's mutual. It goes both ways. There's love both ways. The word commit also means to pledge. Like to promise. So Don't be afraid of commitment when it comes to God. Be all in. So commit to God. Commit to him. The second thing is trust him. It says trust in him and he will do this. You know, trust is a decision. You have to decide. You choose to decide that God is reliable, that God is good, that he's honest, and that he's going to keep his promises. But you have to decide that. You have to decide to trust him. The third thing is slow down. Slow down. It says, verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Personally, I think this one's kind of hard. I think this one is hard because so often, you know, basically I need to sit down, shut up, and listen for what God would want to say to me. But, you know, I... In my nature, I am a solutions person. Like, I like to find solutions to things and figure them out. And I think God would really say to me, I would really like to give you my opinion. But if I'm going to get to give you my opinion, you're going to have to wait, and you're going to have to be still, and you're going to have to listen to me. In Habakkuk, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There, I will wait to see what the Lord says. One more time. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There, I will wait to see what the Lord says. So, slow down. And then the last thing is stay calm. Stay calm. It says, Psalm 37 8, refrain from anger, do not fret, stay calm. I think this one shouldn't make me laugh, but it kind of makes me laugh. I, has, has anyone else used COVID 19 as an excuse to be mad? I, fi- I have days when I'm just ticked off about the whole thing. But stay, being angry, it really is not helpful. It's not helpful. It's not helpful in our relationship with God. And we have to work at it. We have to work at not being mad, which means sometimes we have to turn on a worship song or two or four or 12 worship songs. Sometimes we just need to tell God that we're mad and get it out and then be done with it and not hang on to it. Being angry keeps us from delighting in him. So let me ask this question of all of us. It's for me too, by the way. How are you doing at hanging out with God? Is your relationship with God a long-term commitment? Have you decided that you're going to trust him? Do you trust him enough to choose joy instead of anger and to wait and listen to what he has to say to you? Are you inviting God into what you're doing? How are you doing hanging out with God? Because we'll delight more in the Lord if we do things with him. So we're going to close in just a second. Pastor Steve's going to come up. Uh, And I think what it comes down to is this, and we said it before, those who want God, have him. So no matter what the news says today, or what the news says tomorrow, no matter if you get the job or if you don't get the job, no matter what that person says about you, no matter what they think about you, We can still find joy because it should be in him. Our joy should be in him. We find our joy most of all in him. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.